1: more info now
3: in a world where you end up standing in a two-hour line to buy mediocre and not climate friendly water sorry this is it could happen here uh, uh I, this is sophie I, I really wanted to do that for a really long time <laughs> <laughs> i have, well now i want to watch
4: it <laughs> yeah me too
3: Thank you. Uh, the, the, those voices you hear are James Stout and Margaret Kiljoy, and uh, we're here. We're here to talk about uh, the the water crisis that seems to be getting worse in uh, the, the, these United States. Uh, yeah, James, what's 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 happening?
4: Well, uh, a number of things are happening, right? Um, I think we should probably emphasize, like at the start, that water contaminants have been affecting people outside of like the kind of colonial core for a very long time. Long time, and, and, uh, Legacy corporate media, whatever you want to call it, hasn't given it a solitary fuck about it until it affected people inside the colonial core. So um, what we're seeing right now is in two places, uh, East, I believe it's pronounced Palestine, right? I believe the, so too, yeah. Yeah, okay. East Palestine, Ohio. Uh, and in Philadelphia. Uh, I believe then- it's
5: pronounced phil
4: Ah, okay. It's like someone's name, like Phil. It was named for Phil Adelphia, yeah. the, the founder of the city.
5: Phil okay. from Delphia, like the yeah. Oracle.
4: Ah, I see. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, he predicted that one day uh, there would be a spill uh, from a PLC chemical plant near the Delaware River, and famously, he was right. Uh, we've, we've, yeah. And they
5: built the city there
4: anyway. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and they. Uh, for years, they've been so angry about not having a chemical plant, they've just uh, climbed lampposts and thrown batteries at opposing football teams. But.
5: Yeah. And I feel really good about starting with such heavy jokes about this thing. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, yeah.
4: Uh, it's like three
5: million you, people, I think. Anyway.
4: Yeah. If you're in Philadelphia, uh, we do want to express solidarity with you, I guess, as you uh, wonder what the fuck to do about your water supply, which is currently contaminated, uh, as we understand, by something called butyl acrylate. Uh, which is a chemical that is found in paint. Uh, and it the, re- the reason that there is a paint chemical in your drinking water if you live in Philadelphia is that a PLC manufacturing chemical plant called, I think it's Trinseo, T-R-I-N-S-E-O, had a leak and that leak went into a storm drain. That storm drain went into the Delaware River and that river feeds into the Samuel S. Baxter water treatment plant uh, and obviously that water treatment plant feeds into the tap that you turn on to drink water when you live in your house. And this has, as it always does, when there are like these somewhat bungled announcements of chemical contamination in drinking water, uh, cause people to rush out to buy bottled water, which is an understandable response if you think you're not going to be able to drink water, which is cause people to wait in long lines to access uh, sometimes like a limited supply of water. And... What we wanted to talk about today a little bit was not so much like what to do if you're in Philadelphia right now, um, but like how we can better prepare to be ready for water emergencies, water shortages, water contamination, things like that, Um, which is why Margaret has joined us because she is the prepper, anarchist queen and uh, (laughs) (laughs) knows a lot about these things. So yeah, Margaret, should we... I think you said you wanted to break this down by like bad things that can be in your water and things you can do to get those bad things away, right?
5: Yeah. Although I will say only a minority of this information directly relates to people who are dealing with toxic chemical spills. So Mm -hmm. if we're, I have a lot of information about general water safety, long-term storage of water, things that you don't want in your water, how to get those things out of your water. Um, And I know you have a lot of experience with that stuff too, Um, but the very specific thing that people first in Ohio and now in Pennsylvania are dealing with um, of chemical stuff is worse than other stuff and way harder to get out, especially yeah. on a DIY level. Um, so I don't know what what feels best. Like, should we do an overview or should we try and first talk about the chemical stuff and then talk about like the fun, easy stuff, like not getting giardia when you're camping?
4: Yeah, let's maybe start out with the kind of... Uh this is the scary, you know, you, you can't buy a life straw for this. Fear first, yes. and I think,
3: fun later.
4: Yeah, because <laughs> the people might be listening and they might be afraid or they might be concerned or they might be in, in one of these places, right? Uh, or Flint, Michigan, where we still haven't fucking fixed the water. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, let, let's say, start with...
3: Fucking Flint, Michigan, what a just disastrous incompetence.
4: Yeah, I mean, it's, <gasps> yeah. Uh, it's, it's extremely sad that the country that is as rich as any country has ever managed to be in, in human history is still uh, poisoning people with water. But yeah, Yeah. let's start with that. Let's start with what to do uh, when you get a reverse 911 phone call telling you not to drink from your tap.
5: I mean, honestly, going out and getting bottled water was the right move. Um, Or also, since people did have a heads up that their tap water was safe for a period of time, um, storing water in various containers is the right move. Because once your water is contaminated with chemicals, It's really hard to get it out. The main method that, well, on an industrial scale, the thing that someone can use, the way they treat wastewater with butyl acylate, I didn't write down the name in my yeah, notes
4: acrylate i think
5: acrylate um yeah. oh like acrylic that makes sense because yeah. latex paint it's something called a fluidized bed reactor which frankly i did not know about until i started doing this specific research for this specific chemical um people who are like more at a high science level will know more about this this is basically like you're using different bacteria to um eat and d- I don't know fucking clean out this shit this is not what's going to be happening in your kitchen sink anytime soon this is not going to be part of your Brita filter anytime soon Uh, ironically and this is not hmm how am I going to say this don't drink this chemical water if you have any possibility right if you can get other water do that and I believe in our current society, it is a better and safer bet to get water from elsewhere. If you were in some situation, which I suspect most people are not, I suspect most people could access supply lines. If you're in some situation where the only water available to you has this these types of chemicals in it, the most likely guess about a way to deal with it is activated carbon charcoal um, and is... Uh, is actually the home filters that a lot of people use, is your Brita filter, is your Berkey, although I'll talk some shit on Berkey in a little bit. Um, and and when we go over the more like nitty gritty details about each filtration method, maybe we can, we can talk more about this. But basically it is like, it is not tested to do this. No one has ever been like, man, what if we get a bunch of butyl acrylate in our water? Will our Brita filter it out? No one is running tests on this because it is not, a thing that normally is in the water historically, although clearly it is often in the water now. Um, However, the method of filtration of the various home level acts, various home level methods of filtration, adsorption is what it's called with a D instead of a B, is the method that is perceived as most effective at reducing chemicals in water. However, again, we're talking about like, maybe this reduces some chemicals, maybe. Not, oh, you run this through this and now you're fine.
4: Yeah. Yeah. It's, there's a lot of things that could get in our water, right? That we don't really have like any, any like decent research on how to get them out of our water. Um, yeah. So,
3: so, Margaret, James, is there, mm-hmm. is there a, say, say you're not living in a place where you get a text letting you know that in Tuesday at 3 p.m., your water will not be safe to drink, <laughs> yeah. which is mm-hmm. really just, <laughs> uh, is there a home testing kit or a a water testing kit that that is accessible for for most individuals, or what what resources can people use to to, to understand their water at home? Because wanna... uh, I'm not really going to trust the government on that. Uh, yeah.
4: Um, Margaret, do you want to take that?
3: I
5: only know about. I do not know about testing for butyl ac- uh, acrylate. Okay. Um, I think that this is the kind of thing that they are not, people are not prepared for, uh, like at a society level. I don't, sure. I believe. I could be wrong. All of the water testing that I have done has tended to be around. Like I live on a well, right? And so there's a lot of testing things that are available to tell you the acidity of your water, the hardness of your water, which is how much, how many dissolved minerals, um, whether or not your water contains things like lead and arsenic, uh, heavy metals, which we'll talk about in a little bit. Um, and also bacteria, right? Like all of the stuff that we normally prepare to filter out of water, there are home tests available to you that you can use to determine, um, I don't know, and I wish I had done more research ahead of time. There's, like, some talk about, like, possible smells and stuff um, for some of these, but I, I don't feel confident.
3: Yeah, I mean, I know there's the EWG's, like, website where you can put in your your, your zip code and get more information on if there's been contamination or anything like that. But, like, mm-hmm. that's, you know, reported things, not necessarily, like, on an individual level for testing. Um yeah. I definitely do that anytime I have moved anywhere. I'll type in my zip code and, and then I go, ah, that sounds really bad. Um, I don't yeah. like that, but yeah, you can find out, you know, once once you put in, you can find out who who like you you put in your zip code on uh this is just ewg.org. You put in your zip code and you can put who you pay for water and then it goes in and it tells you, you know, it's really it's really fun. Four In my in my neighborhood, four EWE health guidelines, fourteen contaminants. Oh, congrats! Yeah, Yeah.
4: I think uh, a combination of two is probably your best bet. Like unless you happen to have a laboratory, like because there's stuff coming. Like if if there is like lead, uh, like in between the water mains and or like you know wherever the EWD is getting its information and, and your tap, then you're still risking like heavy metal contaminants, right? Or if you're on a well. You should test that. I think it's every year, right? You're supposed to test your well water.
5: Yeah, I probably you should. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
4: You know, you'll be fine. You'll know. But yeah, I, I think it's important that like you, I have definitely got super sick from water that looked super clear, had no odor, uh, looked yeah fine. And I have drunk from turbid as fuck, stagnant water and not been sick. So like your nose is not going to tell you. Um, you you do need yeah. some
0: kind of help. Yeah.
1: more info now.
4: Let's talk about storing water first, and then we'll talk about the more sort of established solutions for the, the more expected contaminants, I guess. So, yeah. How would you go about, let's say you're not in uh, Philadelphia right now and, and you want to prepare for something that could happen in your area. How would you go about storing water?
5: So the easiest way is that you go get bottled water. If it is sealed and you keep it out of the sun. You keep it out of the heat. Um, even though you're, it's supposedly good for a year or two, whatever. I feel like really nervous on this. Like, this is what's safe, even though it's not safe, right? But um, you can. But water itself doesn't go bad. That is a thing that is worth understanding. Left to its own devices, water does not go bad. Water goes bad when there's like something in it that replicates, like bacteria or something like that. Um, or when something leaks into it. The main reason that you want to keep your water out of the sun and out of the heat is because if you're storing it in plastic, that can eventually um, kind of leach into it as yeah. the plastic degrades. And that, I don't know, there's probably long-term health effects, but like I would drink a water bottle that has been in the backseat of my car for a year before I would drink butyl acrylate water. Um, and which is i mean it's i guess that's just plastic or plastic pick your poison but um but yeah so so bottled water is generally very safe um and it is sealed and it has no particular reason to go bad you don't want to store it next to kerosene or gasoline like if you are the kind of person who keeps a 5 gallon jug of gasoline around you want that in a different place than your water um usually you want the gasoline outside your house in a outbuilding everyone lives on acreage in the rural areas of the country, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> so many outbuildings around here. Yeah, everyone has outbuildings. <laughs> yeah, just go out to my urban barn. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so, okay, well, okay, then the other thing, if, if I'm actually preparing, go out and get some five-gallon jerry cans. Um, you're going to pay between 20 and $50, and you'll get a little bit of different quality, depending on that. You want something that is BPA-free. You want something that is um, opaque. And you want something that is, like, not really bigger than four or five gallons because it's clumsy and unwieldy.
4: Yeah.
5: Uh, You also don't want to stack these things unless they specifically say, this one is stackable to such and such depth. Like, most stackable containers are also only stackable one or two um, high. Well, two or three high. And... I don't know. I mean, like, frankly, on some level, that's what there is. Okay, and if you're going to fill your own water containers, there are a couple weird things about it. One, you people argue about how often you should rotate it. I, I rotate mine about once a year. You should theoretically rotate them somewhere between six months and a year or something like that, um, depending on how you store it. The other thing is that if you are... I actually think living off of a well, you should probably rotate it more often. If you're on munis- municipal water, don't run it through your Brita before you store it because that Brita is going to pull out all the chlorine, all the bleach. And people are like, whoa, I don't want to drink bleach. I listened to that punk song, Dead Dead Milkman. Um, whatever. Uh, people don't want to drink bleach, right? You actually do want to drink tiny amounts of bleach. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you, you want a, tiny amounts called? of... <laughs>
4: miracle Medical Solution?
5: yeah Um, it keeps bacteria from growing so if you filter out all of that and then you put it the water in the thing if there's the tiniest little bacteria that got through it's like sweet the defenses are down you know Um, so but yeah honestly storing water like people like they're gonna sell you lots of products and like prepper sites are full of people selling you shit Um, but it's just a matter of like finding containers and filling them with water and then rotating them every now and then and it's not actually that big of a deal or super complicated. That's my take on it. Um, yeah, I used to the... live off of. I used to live entirely off grid, and then had to just drink water out of fifty-gallon drums. And I just, I didn't even. You know what? I'm not going to say how bad my practices were because I don't want anyone <laughs> to emulate me. What were you we going to say, James?
4: <laughs> I was going to say if you're like if you're storing on a scale, I don't know why. Let's say you uh, mm-hmm. live on a compound in the desert. Um, you know, you can get big water tanks, right? Um, I yeah. was looking at moving out to the desert a couple of yeah. years ago, and I didn't. Uh, but yeah, you, you can get big water tanks; they're pretty cheap. You should some places it's about a it's dollar
5: not, a gallon. Last time I looked, for like a fifteen hundred gallon tank.
4: Yeah, um, I found them cheap, uh, like gov surplus ones as well. Pretty often. Um, oh, really? Yeah. Um. For we'll talk for, later. Yeah, yeah. We'll uh, <laughs> I'll send you some send you some links. Uh. But you, you might want to check it. Some places you actually can't legally have those. Um, it, it's it's getting better now with that stuff, but um, you do want to check on that. I think if you're, or you could get like a water buffalo, which is a an industrial device for shipping water. Um, you can probably pick up those pretty cheap. No, it's as an well. it's an animal.
5: I don't want yes, you, to, you don't dehumanize it, calling it an industrial machine. It's an animal. It has feelings.
4: Yeah, it does. Uh, And you just keep that in your backyard. And then what that does is attack anyone who comes after your water. So it's quite effective. Yeah. Um, (laughs) uh, They are tough as nails. I've had some run-ins with buffalo. Um, uh, (laughs) Badass animals. Okay. Uh, Another thing, I guess, that, like, if you're, like, going hardcore on this and storing thousands of gallons of water, uh, maybe you could invest in something like a chlorine maker. And that way, if you do, uh, like, mess up with your storage, I guess, that, that could maybe give you some leeway in terms of purifying afterwards is that fair to say margaret
5: yeah i mean that makes sense like chlorine maker is the next step up from basically because like bleach itself does go bad and if you it's not shelf stable for i don't remember how long it lasts um it's not indefinitely shelf stable and so people often especially in uh, places without access to clean water and stuff um i will say though when we get into it chemical treatment Is really good for the main stuff that people normally worry about, such as protozoa, bacteria, and viruses. Mm -hmm. But once again, isn't gonna do shit for some stuff that goes bad.
4: Yeah, I think it might. There's one thing, maybe cryptosporidium. There's something that chlorine specifically doesn't work for.
5: Oh, that's Um, right. Actually, yeah, it's actually not very good at protozoa. It's weirdly good at viruses. And then, whereas most of the filters are not good at viruses and are good at bacteria and protozoa.
4: So we should probably explain these different things, right? These right. different ways you can treat your water.
5: Okay. There's a bunch of stuff that you can be in your water that you don't wish was in the water. The one that mm-hmm. is like kind of off the top of my head, the one that I think about the most because I've had to deal with it and it sucked, um, are protozoa. The two big ones are Giardia and Cryptosporidium. And these are tiny little animals in the water. If you can look at pictures of them, they're really cute. And they make you shit a lot forever, <laughs> sometimes until you die. Yeah. Um, Mostly immunocompromised folks, but everyone really unhappy. And if you're in a survival situation already, diarrhea is like no laughing matter. Your inability yeah, to keep no. in fluids and nutrients will dramatically affect your your chance of survival. Um, so that's protozoa. They're the biggest of these things and therefore sort of the easiest to do. I actually don't know whether they're bigger than bacteria or not. Then there's bacteria, which it can also be in water and do bad stuff to you. And then there's viruses and viruses can be in the water and do bad stuff to you. Largely in the United States and people don't worry about viruses in water. Okay. Um, and that's not because our heads are in the sand. It's because we don't have as many viruses in our water. Yeah. Um, uh, then there's chemicals you could have in your water. We don't like them. There's dirt that can be in your water, which is just like not fun. Um, there's heavy metals like lead and iron um, that can have deleterious effects on your health. Some people want to get water hardening minerals like uh, calcium and magnesium out of their water, but you actually yeah. don't want to get rid of all of them. That's the catch. That's what we're going to have to talk about because your body wants some of those things. They mostly just like make your house has all the all the plumbing breaks. Um, that's like the main stuff. There's also things like nitrates that I don't understand well enough to talk about how we get rid of things. Yeah. The most common way that like backpackers and stuff who are a lot of the people who DIY this on a regular basis use is something called filtration, or I'm going to call filtration. Um, First, you screen your water, as in you get out the large chunks. Usually, people use like a bandana or a sock or just some piece of cloth, right? And you want to use that so you're not gumming up your, uh, your filter. And then it goes into something where it's forced through a membrane with micropores. These used to be ceramic, but these days, uh, they're like a bunch of tiny little tubes like the internet. And... Most of these are basically, the tubes have holes in them that are so small that it stops protozoa and bacteria from going through it. That is its like main claim to fame. It is very effective at it. Um, now that they're not ceramic, you don't have to clean it like every fucking gallon. And these are really good. Uh, top brands that I am not sponsored by are Sawyer and LifeStraw. They're going to use slightly different methods. People have opinions about them. I'm not going to offer mine right now. Um... And they're measured in the, the the size of the holes. Anything that's like one micron is small enough to stop most protozoa. Most of these ones are either 0.1 or 0.2. These don't block viruses. Um, so they make ones that have even smaller holes that can deal with viruses. And this also blocks microplastics, but, you know, whatever. Then there's chemical treatment. Chemical treatment, the yep. two most common ones are bleach chlorine or iodine and there's also like chemical tablets that you can buy that are like worth keeping around they weigh almost nothing whatever Um, I am not going to give you the chart of how much bleach to add to your water and don't just go listen to me and add bleach to your water fucking look it up (laughs) Uh, do not use color-safe bleach. Do not use scented bleach. It's just disinfected bleach, which will probably either come in six percent or eight point two five percent sodium hypochlorite. Chlorite. Um,
3: scented and bleach sounds so gross. It's just that this combination of words. Yeah, a
1: little. I know.
4: What do they scent it with? Uh, the blood of I don't know. I
5: got poison. nothing. Yeah,
1: yeah. poison not blood. like
4: lavender then.
5: <laughs> I hope it's you lavender. could have it smelled I like really hot dogs this
4: or something <gasps>
5: that sounds so gross yeah. I used to wear lavender all the time I actually I stopped for two reasons first I stopped when I was in college because like my girlfriend was like you smell like soap and was like really mad at me um, if you're listening whatever I don't care uh, and then I stopped <laughs> okay. because
4: get one in Margaret go on
5: if, go you're, off. if
3: you're listening what's good <laughs> yeah. look at me now
5: <laughs> yeah <laughs> Thanks for turning me on to lots of cool stuff. Um
4: That was much healthier than yeah. I would have been. I'm proud of you.
5: <laughs> and then uh um the other reason I stopped wearing lavender is it attracts ticks if you're out in the out in the woods. Um yeah. anyway. Okay, so that's <laughs> chemical treatment. Chemical treatment is really good for bacteria and viruses. It's not great for parasites. It is a really good backup system, right? Um actually I'll go over the Fucking king of all of them for, for bacteria, virus, and parasites. You want to get rid of it? You fucking boil your water. Um, yeah. The like classic way to deal with it is you boil your water, and it only needs to get above sixty degrees Celsius, uh, which is like one hundred and forty something in regular human. Um, uh, and I actually don't know the conversion. I actually no. When I was you're just talking
4: gonna about quibble regular oh yeah. human as well, Fahrenheit.
5: <laughs> okay, Fahrenheit is really good about humans because zero is cold and 100 is hot yes celsius is really good about good for water <laughs> <laughs> so we're we actually are talking about water right now so celsius is the proper scale because it goes from zero is freezing to 100 is boiling
4: yeah <laughs> um I think- go ahead yeah it's uh you know what we should do before before we talk further mm-hmm. about water do you know what will not make you shit yourself to death uh reagan coins yeah it it probably is Ronald
0: Reagan coins again
1: more info now.
4: All right, we're back. Thank you very much, Uncle Ron, uh, for continuing to pay for my healthcare and insulin needs. So yeah. Margaret, we were we were talking about uh, boiling. Fuck boiling water. That's it. Uh, yeah, yeah. So how long do we need to boil stuff for? Does it so, change depending on what we got? It does, but not really.
5: It's like the, all of the main and. and do, th- do the actual instructions. Overkill yeah. is better than regular get killed, right? Um, yes. But most shit dies off at 60 degrees Celsius, which is below the boiling point of water even at high elevation. However, yes. basically the deal is at, you uh, want to boil your water for one minute at sea level, three minutes above 5,000 feet. Um, or five kilometers. No, wait, no. <laughs> Go on. <laughs>
4: it's not 1,000 <a> feet <laughs> to
5: a It's just under two <laughs> kilometers. <laughs> okay. Um, and... Yeah. So so boiling water is actually the one of the main things you can do. It doesn't get rid of everything. It gets rid of those three things, protozoa bacteria and viruses, very effectively. And that is most of the time what most people are treating water for. A lot of the other stuff is like long-term health effects, like heavy metals and chemicals, right? Um, yeah. Other methods that you can use, the other like kind of gold standard, which isn't as good as it seems like it should be, is distillation. Distillation gets out lots of stuff. Distillation is basically you evaporate the water and then let it run down into another container. Um, you're moonshining your own water. And um, and you can do this DIY fairly well. And there's like solar stills that are really cool. I've never actually built one. I've always wanted yeah, to. Yeah, they are cool. Um, the downside is if you live off of distilled water for a long time, it gets out the magnesium and the calcium. It gets out the the minerals that you actually want in your water. So it can have negative effects on your long-term health if you only drink distilled water. The main thing that distillation does that I think no other method on this does, besides a reverse osmosis, which I'm not really going to get into, um, yeah. is it desalinates water. Um, yeah. So,
4: go ahead. That's a big deal, right? Because like, if we look at long-term water insecurity like certainly where i live uh Mm -hmm. we live in a place where people like to play golf in the desert Mm -hmm. and uh that that has become an issue as far as water supplies go and so desalination is is often proposed as like a way to deal with our water crisis in california and the the fact that the colorado river like is getting lower and lower and we rely on it and but like you said lots of these methods aren't going to pull the salt out of water right they don't let you drink seawater
5: right um, but this one does. And so, I mean, actually, I don't really care about the health of golf course. I have actually negative feelings about the health of golf courses. Um, you and me both. But theoretically, maybe watering your lawn with the desalinated distilled water and then drinking the water that actually has minerals in it. But then again, like maybe the plants need that shit too. I don't fucking know. Yeah. Um, so, and in distillation... Um, it's very good at getting out heavy metals, also like iron and lead. Um, and it, the reason it gets out the bacteria and viruses is not because they can't evaporate, but because they die getting boiled, because you boil yeah, well, to you, distill. Yeah. yeah. Um, and some pesticides are filtered out if their boiling point is greater than the boiling point of water. Um, benzene and toluene, which I don't know what is, I don't know toluene is. Um, these are examples of things that do not get distilled out. Then, there's a couple more. There's adsorption. Adsorption rules. This is the thing that I always misspell. And so that's why I emphasize
4: the adsorption. Okay. <laughs> um, I don't How really do understand. Adsor- well, go ahead. How do we adsorb? Is that just like absorption with adverts? What?
5: You know, it's like, yeah, it's like a, I took three years of Latin and all I remember is that ad means towards and ab means away from. Um, and maybe it's a gricoli got, is either farmer or farmhouse.
4: Yeah, I got puer puerene. <laughs> yeah.
5: Sumas S Arama Raserat, Arama Sarama I can
4: remember that one now. Yeah, great. Yeah. Well there you go. You've all learned something today.
5: Yeah. Uh I wish that my school had made me take Spanish instead of letting me take some bullshit like Latin. Teach myself Spanish. Yeah, exactly. So adsorption is good for pesticides heavy medicals heavy metals chemicals viruses and bad tastes it's the only one of these things that i'm aware of that actually use can get rid of bad taste because this is pulling out all the weird stuff in the water and what it is is it uses activated carbon which is basically just some shit that's fucking burned and then crunched up real small it is a huge surface area because it's like little Powder right um, And then the water passes through it And then by some weird science shit The bad stuff tends to stick to the carbon um, This Is great This is what your Brita filter does This is what your uh, Berkey does This is what your pure filter does um, It It's not as good I believe for Bacteria and stuff And specifically the biggest problem with these things Is that bacteria can grow on them um, And so some people I mean, that's why you replace it every so often. It's not because it's like slow or clogged. It's like literally unhealthy. Um, and so sometimes what people do is they treat for bacteria with UV or some other method, bleach, whatever, all the other shit that we talked about. We haven't talked about UV yet. Um, after it goes to the carbon filter. I'm really excited about like kind of learning more about these because you can theoretically DIY carbon, right? Um,
4: yeah. Yeah, you definitely could, right? Like uh yeah. I know that it's not the same as this, but uh one of the things you can do if you're in the backcountry is like if you have water with a lot of turbidity, which mm-hmm. is um stuff in the water right like uh, like if you can't see through the water you know if it's got a lot of cloudiness, uh you can use white ash from a fire uh and that will increase the rate at which it deposits the sediment. if you see what I mean so you how oh, interesting because it. it yeah, it
5: sticks to it and then slowly
4: filters exactly, to the yeah. bottom of the huh. I think the gold standard is a loom, which is something you use in canning. Okay. Uh, and that increases it even quicker. But uh, yeah, you can use white ash from a fire if you're dealing with... That's I cool. Th- think that's, I don't think that's activated carbon. I think that's a, a different mechanism.
5: Yeah, no, I, I don't know. Um, and then one of the methods that is actually mostly done on an industrial scale that actually is like, I think, the main way that people filter water in this world is through sand. And I didn't do enough research about... Um, there's both slow fil- slow sand filters and fast sand filters. And some of them, like, literally depend on certain bacteria, good bacteria, like having a healthy culture of them that, like, eat the bad stuff and things. I, I used to know more about that than I do currently. And then the last one I'm going to cover, okay, then there's reverse osmosis, which you might have a kitchen thing that does, and it um, it also removes minerals. It's a very effective method of filtering out lots of stuff. It also I don't know, it causes wastewater and is complicated in some ways. And then there's UV disinfection. And this is, like, one of the ones that gets touted as this, like, this is going to save the developing world or whatever, right? Um, yeah. And UV disinfection is cool and good. Uh, basically, it uses UV light to kill off um, bacteria, parasites, and viruses. Again, these three things that are the main things people are usually going yeah. for. Um the biggest downside of uv disinfection there's two of them one is that it requires low turbidity water thanks for introducing that term uh clear water it has to be fairly clear water because it's about light right it makes sense um and because you have to like be careful to do it right you just have to like actually get all of it with all of it um yeah so this is why i haven't like for a moment i got really excited about these things and then in the end i was like i like my water filter that i already have
4: <laughs> yeah i think with uv filtration as well it's been big in the outdoor world kind of relatively recently you have to be conscious of storing it in a opaque container afterwards because the bacteria can uv like reactivate oh yeah if don't... it's like
5: any of it that it doesn't get is like fuck yeah it's my time
4: yeah because it stops them reproducing that's how it uh oh it's, interesting. they're still in there but they don't so it doesn't really matter you drink them and then you pass them through your system and it's fine but if they reproduce that's when you get sick so somehow they can uv reactivate um so like if you have a you know the classic like uh like through hiking thing is to use a smart water bottle right because it's cheap mm-hmm. and it's dirty and but if you were uv filtering and then shoving it in your smart water bottle and then putting that on the back of your pack and hiking all day uh, you might get in some difficulty so yeah um, i don't know it's not yeah i haven't really messed with it much uh I've like like, yeah, I have my comfortable setup, and that's what I like to use,
5: and I will say that, like uh, something that people who don't go camping much might not be aware of there's almost nowhere in the United States that you can be confidently drink wild water without it without risking something like Giardia, um. Yeah. There are places where you can directly from a spring is the most likely to be good. Um, people used to say that you can you can drink high elevation water if you're up in an alpine area because there's like no cows or whatever because like giardia and I, I believe also crypto, but I'm, um, the other poop transferred crypto, the Cryptosporodia, not the not the multi level <laughs> marketing scam. Um, they. Um, it's it's passed in the, the fecal-oral tradition. What's the word here? Uh, <laughs>
4: fecal-oral tradition. Uh,
5: there's a word here Aston I'm forgetting. mouse
4: pathway. <laughs>
5: yeah, pathway, yeah. And so, um, because it's passed that way, it's like basically the fact that there's livestock everywhere is the reason that it's not safe to drink the water. And so people are like, oh, if you go up high enough, you're safe. But there's still animals up there. And there's also like more and more hikers up there. Almost anywhere you're going to be hiking, someone else has hiked. And someone else yeah. has hiked, and they have drank the water without filtering it because they're not thinking properly. And then they've shit in, not in a hole, but just shit somewhere on the ground because they're also a, a bad person in that way. Yeah. Um, and so they've like tested a while ago at the, in the high Sierras that, um, there's Giardia it's everywhere. Um, which doesn't necessarily mean it's going to make you sick, but it, can make you sick so it's just like worth knowing that this is the reason that backpackers know so much about water filtration although again they don't know as much about chemical spill filtration which is why i had to go and learn more about that less because i'm a backpacker more because i used to live off grid but um
4: yeah they're different like uh like there, are there are definitely a lot of products out there that are very affordable that work for like that specific specifically the giardia concern right which yeah. is one that most people have and that's probably if you're like if you're in a place where you hear there's industrial water contamination, and you go to REI and you buy a soya make a tap filter, for instance, um, it clamps mm-hmm. onto your tap. It probably won't work for the stuff that you're concerned about, um, yeah. but it will work if you're yeah off a yeah. well and you have giardia or something.
5: Yeah, and it also won't work for like lead, which is one of the reasons why the carbon filters are the more common ones at home because uh, city water that is a a higher You know, if you live in some cities, you're going to have lead in your water, right? Yeah, because we used
4: it in pipes for decades.
5: Yeah. But I don't know. Um, Oh, let's talk shit on Berkey's really quick.
4: Yeah, let's do it. What's up with Berkey? Why are they bad?
5: So I was like, I posted the other day after this thing, because that's my fun joy of being a prepper, is going to Twitter and being like, here's what (laughs) I know about that thing, you know, whenever a thing happens. Um, While like safe on my mountaintop and Uh, (laughs) drinking out of my well which whatever has its own problems Um, I'll take those problems anyway Okay, so so I posted about this and then I pointed out that like overall there's like the different filters that you can have at home and then the only one that seems to sort of do it all is the Berkey Um, it's this very expensive brand you've probably seen them in your hippie friend's house or you're the hippie and there's one in your house um, there's one in my house and it's a big silver canister that looks like it comes from the fifties or whatever. And, uh, and it's a filter and it somehow filters more than everything else. And the way that it does that is by lying. Um, or rather, I don't know what I, (laughs)
4: Uh, (laughs) (laughs) using marketing
5: the way it yeah the way it does it is it says it can do these things and it is not certified to the what is it a nsf slash ansi standard that all of your other filters are testing themselves to so everyone else is saying we have passed this following certification and berkey is saying Oh, we tested and it does all this stuff. All the other ones probably do kind of all this stuff too, but the only things that they're actually certified to do they are what they say they do. And so Berkey basically charges a mint in exchange for uh, using their own testing standards instead of the testing <laughs> standards of other people. Independent yeah. testers, it, Google Berkey wire cutter and you'll find a good article that where people conducted a Oops. bunch of tests. Um, and it's a shame because it would be nice to have this sort of all in one filter because it's very annoying. If you want to filter something out of your water, you have to go, okay, what's in my water that I don't want. And then you have to go find the filter for that. And it's not going to be the same as the other filter. It's not gonna be the same as the other filter. Like, Oh, you live somewhere with lead in your pipes. You can't buy a regular Brita. You got to buy the, the lead pipe Montreal special Brita, you know? Um, and like, you know, you want an under sink water filter. Well, do you want this one or this one or this one? And it, it would be nice if there was a, uh, uh what yeah, a, like a buy once, cry once, yeah,
4: yeah. Go to Amazon. Two days later, you're fine, kind of situation. Yeah, but there isn't one. No, I was gonna go over like just in, in case people are curious more about the backcountry stuff. I guess. Um, mm-hmm. I have uh, three different levels of stuff that I use for backcountry. If I'm just going out and I don't think I'm going to filter water, I just take a stainless steel single-wall water bottle and some uh, iodine or another chemical purifier. Um, Iodine works pretty well, but you don't want to be using it long-term. It's not good for you long-term for your thyroid. And then I'll filter it through like a buff or a kefir or something to get the turbidity out and use that. Um, If it's a trip where I'm just in the backcountry in America, I take a squeezy uh filtration system catadine b Free is the one i tend to use um and you want to have a dirty bag and a clean bottle right so you're squeezing from the dirty water into the clean water um and then if i'm going somewhere for work where there are virus risks and where it might be like what you'd call like a non-permissive environment a place where you don't want to hang around near a water source for a long time in case it's dangerous uh, i have this thing called an msr guardian which is not cheap and you probably don't need it for what you're doing. But if you if you are concerned about viruses, it has a dirty bag and a clean bag and it's a hang filter. So you can fill up three liters of water, bugger off to somewhere safe, hang it up and let that filter from the dirty bag into the clean bag. And then uh, you're not standing by the water filtering or pumping. And I've used that in some yeah. pretty fetid situations have been fine.
5: And I'll say, though, the thing that I used off grid was I used a Sawyer, um, just a, a regular Sawyer, but water filter. They're like 30 bucks. And I attached it to a five gallon bucket with some hoses and then I gravity fed it and I just left it dripping from one five gallon bucket to another. And that's for a stationary place in the United States. That worked for me.
4: Yeah, I can see that working really well. Uh, Margaret, is there anything? Where can people learn more about prepping? Would there be a podcast they could listen to?
5: You mean one that just went weekly? Live Like the World is Dying. I am one of the hosts of Live Like the World is Dying. Uh, The reason it went weekly is now there's more hosts. And you can listen to that wherever you listen to podcasts every Friday. Um, And soon you'll be able to hear James on it. But I don't know when.
4: Ooh, you just have to listen to all of them. Yeah. Uh, Where where can people see you gloating on Twitter from your mountaintop?
5: Uh, Magpie Killjoy until I finally get sick of Twitter, which is increasingly likely every single day
4: the hell so yeah okay well thank you very much margaret that yeah. was a, thanks for very, having very me informative you are welcome all right bye everyone bye.
3: it could happen here is a production of cool zone media for more podcasts from cool zone media visit our website coolzonemedia.com or check us out on the iheart radio app apple podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts you can find sources for it could happen here updated monthly at coolzonemedia.com slash sources
1: Right rug flooring.